Thank you for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day here in the Locked On Podcast Network, free and available where you find folks get your podcast. On today's episode, the disastrous run for Michigan State continues, and uh, yeah, we, we talk with Sam Martin about it. Uh, yeah, he'll bring some rationality to the conversation, but <laughs> why, why even bother with any of that? Ah, what? Let's go. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Locked On Spartan fans and just Spartan fans in general. And uh, yeah, thank you for listening to another episode of Locked On Spartans. Also, what is wrong with you? Why are you still still following what is going on with this team? I'll tell you why. Uh, Because you're a sick person like me. You care too much about this team and uh, you want some answers. Well, first segment, I don't know how many answers I'll give you. I'll do a lot of ranting, a lot of crying, and a lot of just irrational conversation as Michigan State gets mollywopped. Mollywopped on the road against Iowa. Don't have a final score for you because uh, there's still 10 minutes left in the game as I'm recording this. But I've seen enough. This game was another rerun of every game that we've seen the last two or three weeks. But before we get there, I just want to thank you for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen every single day here in the Lockdown Podcast Network. And genuinely thank you for listening to today's show. Um, I, if you're here for cathartic rambling and you want to bask in the meltdown of a, a fellow Michigan State fan, or if you're a, a fan of a rival team and you just want to hop in for the meltdown, well, hey... Step right in. The water's warm, baby. Um, and also, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com is the place to find us. All right. So, um, yeah, this is going well. Uh, Michigan State drops five of their last six. And if you missed tonight's game, first of all, congratulations. You've done literally anything better with your life than watch. Uh, Michigan State just you know, lazily handle the ball. He's going into the locker room with seven first-half turnovers. Uh, once again, another outing where your two seniors are just absolutely unplayable. Uh, Bingham, three turnovers in his first eight minutes. Uh, he gave up three offensive boards in a two-minute span. Uh, Gabe Brown cannot shoot the ball into the Grand Canyon if he was standing on the ledge. Uh, once again, Michigan State has a dynamite individual performance out of a single player, but uh-oh, no one else decided to pick up their slack and actually do anything. Uh, Christie, he's done hitting shots for the year. Uh, he left that behind him in mid-January. Uh, you're leaving three-point shooters wide open in cover Hawkeye Arena. Hey, guess what? Iowa likes to shoot three-pointers. Also, guess what? They're really good at it. And oh yeah, that guy over there, Keegan Murray. Yeah, you might want to stop going under screens every single time a play is set up for him because, yeah, he likes to score. And he does it really, really well as he had 14 points before the under-12 timeout even hit. And Tyson Walker, great job shooting the ball when uh, the game's completely out of reach once again. Uh, Did it against Illinois. Fantastic. Uh, Did it against Indiana. And hey, my man, if you could start shooting the ball when the game is actually somewhat in striking distance, that'd be fantastic too. But this isn't just Tyson Walker. I know I saved a few extra seconds and angst for him. It's on the whole team. And Izzo sees it. I mean, he played a wide receiver in the first half because he saw his senior, his four-year player, Gabe Brown, not do anything once again because, yes, he's gone from leader of this team, the energy of this team, to, okay, he's a 3-and-D guy some games to, 
Well, now he's just sometimes a, a D guy, maybe, uh, because that, oh boy, howdy, G. Willikers. Um, pray to whoever has to fix the rims at Carver Hawkeye Arena because they got their work cut out for them after another stellar shooting performance by the whole team, namely, uh, yeah, a, a senior. And um, it's, it's frustrating. I, I don't know really what else to say uh, because everything I just rattled off in the last three minutes during that little mini meltdown I just had, yeah, that's happened every loss in the last two to three weeks. Like, it's it's just the same stuff, different day. No interest in caring for the ball. Just falling asleep on defense. Just taking a little study abroad trip to Neptune. Leaving guys wide open on the three-point line. Giving up way too many offensive rebounds. And, well, it's not shooting the ball. Well, um... And there's a lot of angst in the fan base, right, about, okay, well, it's starting to look more and more and more like last year's team. Uh, yeah, it 100% is. And I understand that there is angst about whether this team will make the tournament or not. And it sounds, it sounds so crazy. It sounds Looney Tunes. But, okay, if this team loses out, which looks like they will do, I understand that Maryland's coming in for senior day. Okay, cool, yeah, these seniors are playing really well. None of them have checked out this season. Surely they'll be fired up to play that night. Um, no, I, I I think that's going to be a coin toss game in itself because it's not just how Michigan State's playing. It's not just the numbers on the box score or any advanced metrics. you got to think of what's between the ears right now. Th- th- this team is in shambles, uh, not just on the court, but also, I, boy, howdy. Uh, the psyche of this team just does not look right either. Uh, they seem tuned out. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes when the Terrapins come to town. But let's say Michigan State does lose out. This is going to sound insane, but they will probably still make the tournament. So I'm just here to quiet all the worries of, oh, this team's going to miss the tournament. I'm not saying it's a guarantee. I'm not saying it's a guarantee. But right now, as it stands, even if they were to lose out, their resume would still be a notch better than it was last season. Again, this this all probably just sounds Looney Tunes to you. It sounds Looney Tunes to me right now. Uh, but Michigan State right now just has one Q3 loss, and that is to Northwestern, which, hey, there's games left in the season. Maybe Northwestern can play themselves up into a Q2 loss. So let's let's play it out. Let's say Michigan State loses out. They, they drop every single one of their... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing. Oh my god, I just remember Purdue come Saturday. Oh my god, that's that's gonna be horrible. If we're gonna lose by 80 points, are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, Travion Williams and Zach Eady are about to go for 95 points apiece. Anyway, uh, okay, so you lose out. You lose you lose to Purdue. You lose on the road against Michigan. You lose on the road against Ohio State, and then you lose at home against Maryland. Let's say that for conversation's sake, you are against Northwestern. In the Big Ten tournament, you'll lose that game. Right now, Bart Torvik has you in as the last team in the tournament. Yes, it's deja vu from last year. We are still going to be sweating out Selection Sunday. How fun. Woohoo! I had a great time doing that last year. Uh, but yeah, that's if they lose out. Now, let's say, for uh, example, okay, you, you lose out the regular season. So, by some miracle, Cassius Winston returns to the team, and you you win your first game of the Big Ten tournament against Northwestern. Bart Torvik has you sitting comfortably as a nine seed. Uh, that game will go awesome against whoever. I'll call it Murray State as the eight seed. Whew, yeah, getting just absolutely blown out by a uh, Ohio Ohio Valley Ohio Valley Conference team. So 
Yeah, listen, I, I'm I'm not happy at all. You guys know this after listening to the last six, seven minutes of the podcast. Follow me on Twitter, and or just being a rational person because who can be thrilled about what's going on right now? When this losing streak was just two games, or losing three of their last four, we still had a good faction of the fan base, for good reason, saying, oh, this happens all the time. Okay, yeah, there is a pattern with Michigan State basketball that they do falter in late January, early February. Or you have some of the fan base who... Again, understandably so, says, hey, this team's going to be ready for March. It's great. Don't worry about it. How many times have we done this before where a team's not that good? And then, oh, hey, they're starting to peak at the end of the season. There's your difference right there. This team is doing whatever the opposite of peaking is at the end of the season. And also, you ain't got any seniors. You ain't got any leaders that are going to tighten up the chin strap, get out there, and take the team under their wing like Aaron Henry did last year, like Cassius Winston has done, like Travis Trice and Brandon Dawson did back in the 2015 days as a seven seed, if you want to go back that far. It's a repeated theme in Michigan State basketball where a, okay, just an okay team does pretty well in March Madness. This will not be one of those years. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it some more with Sam Martin, who, uh, yeah, well, I, I think he'll be more tame. I think he'll be more tame than I am because uh, he's got a level-headed uh, brain between those ears. So, yeah, we'll get to him in just a quick second right here. But uh, first, I have to talk to you beautiful people about Built Bar. Hey, that's right, gang. It's uh, it's February, and you, you, normally you've waved goodbye to your New Year's resolutions a long time ago. You know, the ones of eating healthy or getting in shape. But against all odds, I have not, and I have Built Bar to think about that. Have you guys tried the Built Puffs yet? If you haven't, well, then you just don't care about yourself. I'll say it, because Built Puffs are sensational. They are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow, and just the, the, the flavors are out of this world. Like cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, all wrapped in a 100% real chocolate, low-calorie, High protein. Replace your candy bars with these bad boys because, uh, you know, they're better for your body. But also, I'll shoot you straight. They just taste better. I, built Puffs go absolutely hard. You know what also goes hard? How about saving some money? That's right. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15. And get 15% off your order. And that's not just on the Puffs. Also, get your classic Built Bars as well. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com to get those Built Bars and Puffs. All right, before jumping into our chat with Sam Martin, hey, just want to thank you for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day here in the Locked On Podcast Network. He's back, and I am half sorry that I dragged him onto this podcast after not just a loss, but oh my God, uh, we've got a fan base on edge right now. So actually, it's fantastic for us that he is back. He is the former host of the Final Four is Not on the Schedule podcast. He's the one and only. Sam Martin, uh, a guy who's just rational and has a good head between his ears to kind of balance me out. So, Sam, how on earth are you doing, man? You doing okay? Yeah, you know, I'm hanging in there. Uh, obviously, a disappointing basketball game. I did just get home from a nice trip to San Francisco. Um, had a great uh, a Thai pow soy, like a spicy chicken okay. coconut soup for dinner. Uh, you know, finishing up a little M43. So you got to focus on the positives sure. when uh, when the Spartans deliver a performance such as we just saw. What what did we just see? I, how about that for a question? Just talk, <laughs> just talk to us what the hell happened. Uh, other than, of course, everything else has happened in the last four losses. But it, anything different tonight, or is it just more of the same, in, in your opinion? 
I think that, you know, we really saw a lot of the same trends that we've seen all season long. So in my opinion, the game, the competitive portion of the game ended with 1255 in the second half. That was when Bohannon hit his second consecutive long sort of semi-contested three-pointer um, in, in sort of fitting after that MSU really never made much of a game of it. Iowa ends up winning it by 16. So anyway, those two plays a little bit of a microcosm of MSU's effort on the night in that it wasn't that we had just like completely embarrassing effort level plays. Like nobody's pulling a James Harden out there and just, you know, putting their hands on their knees when they should be, you know, getting back, should be, you know, avoiding a back cut or whatever, but it's not good enough either. The closeouts on those two plays were not good enough. Um, You know, I, I take notes when I'm going to do the pod with, you, Matt, because I can't sound like an idiot in front of you and the she animals, but I had, <laughs> I, I had four just bad closeouts in the first half. Yeah. Three yeah. That's it. Iowa. I'm shocked. It was that. Um, like, that's only four. Wow. You know, okay. four, four or five. And, uh, and just the, and the, well, four pure closeouts. There were a number of others, uh, just failing to get around a screen for an sure. eye okay. pointer with adequate effort. So a lot of, you know, again, it's not like they're just like completely embarrassing effort level plays, but they're not good enough for Michigan State. They're not good enough for Tom Izzo. They're not good enough for a team that also tonight and more often lately than not, it just didn't play that well. Like some good shots did not go in. Some layups were missed. Some open threes, you know, missed ugly and even like an Aikens three that went in. Uh, sort of like a he had the old dead ball, you know, that went in. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So so just some ugly shooting, some just you know bad passes, which again we've seen all season long. Some so MSU not playing that well. Iowa, I think, playing very well to their credit. They really hit a lot of shots. Sure. MSU just didn't make their life hard enough. Uh, when they're playing as well as they are this part of the season and as well as they did tonight. Uh, bang on. You know, I, I got to give credit to Iowa, of course, as well. Like, it, it's not all Michigan State. Iowa, they go into the first media timeout, 10-point lead. Like, okay, like it's not all Michigan State when things are that bad. Sometimes you got to tip your cap to mm-hmm. Iowa. Now, just like you also said, does it help that Michigan State doesn't really close out on three-pointers or didn't fight through ball screens on the three-point attempts? Yeah, doesn't necessarily do us any favors, but yeah, mm-hmm. great. Um, I just here's a kind of a broad question. What, what's just the most frustrating part for you right now? And doesn't have to be about this game necessarily. If you want to yeah. take it to that level, go for it. But if you want to touch on this whole, we'll call it a losing streak, even though they beat Indiana. If you want to touch on this losing streak, like you got Brown and Bingham just not being here anymore. Like they might as well have graduated yeah. and gone on to better things. Uh, Max Christie, he's, he's done making shots uh, the rest of the year. Tyson Walker loves to shoot when the game's 15 points uh, deficit. So like that's yeah. Shoot the ball Tyson. Uh, or is it just yeah. the tried and true turnovers, even though that this has been a year's long tradition, because that's my first place one, even though this is the mm-hmm. 125th straight game in a row where MSU is just fumbling the ball everywhere, going into halftime with seven turnovers, I I just I'm gonna have my my Joker origin moment. I am going to just spiral into madness because of the turnovers. But do, do you have another one that gets your goat, Mister Mark? <laughs> okay, so I think yes, I have a couple things that particularly 
bother me about this team when I'm watching them. And I think it was really accentuated tonight by Malik Hall's play. Uh, He played so well offensively. He was at the scene of the crime on some of those missed closeouts and dying on ball screens. He also just got, you know, kind of beasted a couple times um, Mm -hmm. by Keegan Murray, who's who's a great player and played very well. And like, he's going to get you sometimes like, so, you know, whatever, but he also had some bad effort plays on defense, uh, missed a couple cutouts uh, in terms of rebounding. So he wasn't perfect by any means, but really came out aggressive on the offensive end. Um, it was really MSU's kind of lone bright spot on that end. Just looking at the numbers right now, 17 points, uh, seven of 13 from the field, one for two from the line. So 17 points on 14 shooting possessions. Um, why? And I've seen a million times people say, oh, it doesn't matter if you start, if you play starter minutes. Well, okay. It's great that you think that, but I live in the real world. So that, that is an interesting debate. Why, it is. Yeah. Well, you know what's easy, you know how the easiest way to play the most minutes is is if you start the game, you start each half and you finish each half. <laughs> then you can take a break yeah. in the middle. So sure. you may know that in the past, for instance, Luca Garza talked during his interview about how Cassius Winston was quote unquote such a winner. Um, you know, MSU certainly doesn't have that level of player on this year's team, but Cassius Winston played as many minutes as possible so mm-hmm. that MSU had the could have the best chance to win why doesn't Malik Hall play as many minutes as possible? To play as many minutes as possible, you have to start the game and finish the game. That's just like mathematically, if you're going to rest, if you need rest from playing, you have to start and finish. So why doesn't he start? And what overall, you know, what is MSU trying to do on offense? Like, what is the point? What are, what is the, what are they really going to? Because to me, they come up and they just kind of do stuff. And, and, you know, they run some ball screens, they run some actions off you know, sometimes they run something for a post touch that often looks good. What really looks good is their centers spacing, whether it's to long two or three, like marble is marble ever missed a long two. I don't know. Um, no. <laughs> but like they, so Hall's post touches look great. Why aren't we making the entire thing out of those things that work well? Um, to me, it's like Hall is probably the best individual player on the team. Why doesn't he play as much as possible? He's probably, along with Bingham and Marble, the best offensive option on the team to run possessions through. Why aren't they running more possessions through those guys? I've just watched the team play all season. I know Izzo's watched the same thing. So I don't know what I'm missing in terms of like why they aren't trying to just do the things they do well. Because there certainly are many things that they, you know, they don't have a million deadly options as a team. They're struggling. They're struggling at the start of games. They're struggling offensively. So where are the changes to the offensive approach and the starting lineup? That's my biggest frustration. Still plenty to talk about with my guy, Sam Martin. But hey, first, got to talk to you fine folks about betonline.net. Woo! That's right. Football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where is the next fired coach going to land? Yeah, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it ain't just basketball. Thank God. I'm sick of that sport. Uh, BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC. Also, get some golf action in your life. That's right. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device. Learn more about the trends and action at BetOnline.net, where the game starts. And right on that note, 
Izzo said as much after the game that changes are coming. He will make some changes. And you know what? Maybe we can add that as part of my frustration list too, is that going into February, like it looked like you had the rotation down. Like it looked like you had your starters and then you had your bench going down to eight people. And now it's like, okay, uh, we got four games left in the regular season. We, we got to kind of blow some things up and move some things around here. So we're at square one here. There's a lot of changes that you could uh, hypothesize that are going to happen. Um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Just like you said, okay, putting Hall into the starting lineup. Sorry, Hauser. Uh, I I know that you maybe have incriminating blackmail against Izzo, and that's why you do start and play the minutes that you do. But, hey, you know, and it, it, it's time to just leak those photos, and uh, we're just going to play Hall <laughs> the rest of the season. But, listen, like, there's there's a ton. I also have an email from a few days back that suggested a change, but any instantly that pop into your mind as, like, you're, okay, this is for sure going to be the change he's talking about. I mean, obviously, I've already mentioned Lee Hall being the starting yeah. lineup. I, I just sure. don't even – Sorry, second place. That, yeah. That's not even a debate, a debate. to me. Like, it's right. – ridiculous that he's not in the starting lineup um I, I now i agree i'm not agree for a lot of the season i'm gonna be on i'm gonna out myself i'm not gonna yeah. say that oh i said that all on i did not say that all on changing my tune tonight though uh enough is enough so yeah we're gonna that's yeah that's just like the, the bad starts over and over to games it would be one right. thing if they just like were struggling to win for a variety of reasons but they continue to get off to bad starts he's your best player right like, just come on it's like this is not complicated um yeah, so so that would be my number one. Aside from that, what do you, what do you got? So this Brown thing has gotten out of hand, right? I mean, it, it, he's he's a complete. I, I this is so mean to say, but he's a shell of himself, and I don't know if he ever comes back the rest of the season. To have a slump like this, oh boy, this is uh, it it, it is contagious to have a shooting slump, and now we're past the point there was like. I, he just well, might be infected with a bad shooting it, bug. So to me, is it is it a shooting slump or is it just like? What, like, to me, like, when you think of a Gabe Brown shot right. in the last couple of weeks or a few weeks since the slump has really started, what do you think of? I think that the ball is going to reach 10 feet, 4 inches off the ground, and that's where it's going to top out at as far as the arc goes. But that's always kind of been how he shoots. So in I, terms I, of, I don't know. yeah, so just in terms of shot type, what I think of is just, like, the ball is just moving around the perimeter in the offense. And again, it's an offense for MSU that kind of like nobody really knows what they're trying to do. It's a little bit aimless and he gets it and just kind of Leroy Jenkins shoots a spot up (laughs) when it's not really there. Like it's not coming off of movement. He's not coming off of a screen. He's not, you know, he's not getting like open to create a closeout, which the, he can then attack, which we saw a yeah. lot of earlier in the season. You know, he was attacking the rim. A, like, when was the last time you saw Gabe Brown attempt a shot at the rim? 2008. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, it was just that it was at Rutgers game that MSU lost that I think he he really, like, kind of had a little bit of aggressive offense in the game. And then, you know, again, without the closeout coming at him, he can't not only attack the rim, but he can't get to his mid-ranger very efficiently. He had one in this game, but again, it was kind of the defense was just set in front of him. And he's not a guy who's built to attack, uh, you know, from the triple threat position at the three-point line. So he just kind of rises up and he's tall enough that he can get it off, but Mm -hmm. it just basically never goes in these days. So, so yeah, I mean, if he's not going to compete, like if he's not going to be running off of screens and creating an advantage, then it's kind of like a office space, Bob Slidell. What would you say it is you do here? <laughs> right. 
And like the the once every Haley's comment that he does drive to the rim, like he he did it tonight. He did it once. I, I don't even remember if the ball hit the rim or not on his layup attempt. Like it, it wasn't all too close to going in. And I, it's, it's just like, Oh, this is well, how bad it's gotten. I mean, oh my goodness. <laughs> like, again, it's like, to me, it's just, I look at the way it's happening and Gabe as a high school player, like he couldn't dribble. Like, and when he first got to MSU and like, that sounds mean, but I don't mean it in a mean way. Like he just could not. It, dribble that's valid though. It's, like, it's valid. He was yeah. not good at all in terms of ball skills, but he had that nice jumper and he had a silky jumper and he can, he had springs and great size. So it was always like, all right, this is a guy who's going to get it off of transition and kind of open looks. And that's what he created for a long time. And now he's added a little bit of ball skills, but he's never going to be someone who can just attack a set defense and create an advantage. He needs the advantage to be created for him. He's a play finisher. Um, that's one of the reasons I feel like he would probably be better just playing the four in MSU system. People think I'm insane when I say that. I, I said it to Jim Caproni on Spartan Mag Live, and he was like, ah, that's never going to happen. And I was like, you're right, but but what if it did, man? <laughs> right, right. I, I, yeah, and he is right. It is never going to happen, but also you're right. Like, go for it. Why not? I mean, I, right now, like, we're at the point where, like, we're at nuclear options right now. And, like, to, you know, swing back to just the, the starting lineup, I, do you go with a nuclear option of bringing in Jaden Akins in Gabe Brown's spot? Now, not necessarily in his spot. Akins would slide to the two, and then you'd slide Chrissy down to the three. So there's a little bit of puzzle work there. But, oh, my, do you, late in the season, bench your senior captain for a true freshman. And that's not to say that Akins has just been balling every single night. Like, no, he's up and down like a true freshman off the bench does. His but Sam, at least he's up sometimes. Like, Gabe has not been up in a long time, man. So it's... Akins' production is up and down, but I don't think his effort is up and down. And I saw it tonight. No, like, no, no, he, no. he was competing. You know, mm-hmm. he was... You know, he... he bricked a couple three-pointers. And one time it bricked and went in. The other time he got the offensive rebound. Um, yep. And he nearly, he over dribbled on a possession, forced Malik Call to try to create something, kind of a dribbled long two, got in there, almost got, got a steal on the offensive rebound. Um, you know, he he brings the effort and competitiveness. And frankly, just like, he's just a better defender than either of MSU's starting wings. You know, if you're Tom Izzo and you're all about defense and rebounding, like Akins does those things better in his jumper, it's inconsistent. And it looks ugly sometimes, but I believe in him as a shooter. And I just like, at a certain point, you got to ride with it. Yeah. I mean, I would say Akins and Hall, like, you know, I'm just going to do something real quick. And this is really awesome radio for me to, to look up something in real time on who plans, but just really quick. I only do it six times per episode. So you're, you're fine. You're, you're good. <laughs> Akins and Hall have only played 380 possessions together this year. You know, just for context, there's been hmm. almost 1,500 possessions wow. without with them off the floor. So it's a very uh, little used combo. They're a little worse on defense than the regular group for Michigan State, but that's 100% because of three-point shooting luck because with them off the floor, opponents are shooting 29%. With them on the floor, opponents are shooting 37% from three. That's pure luck. That has nothing to do with them, I don't think. So the defense is just as good, if not better, the offense significantly better with those two on the lineup or those two on the floor. So, I mean, yeah, like the, the big thing with MSU is like the starting lineup has had basically one change all season with Hogard taking Walker's place. 
And yeah. why for, you know, we've seen just wild rotations, just swinging players in left and right. Keon Coleman played a few minutes in the first half of this game. Didn't touch the ball. I don't know what, what that was for. Like, why wouldn't Pierre Brooks be playing minutes? Like, are, are we investing in Keon Coleman? Keon Coleman had a tweet the other day about wanting to get a chance. So maybe he's been busting it in practice, deserves some minutes in the game. I don't know the internal dynamics there. My point is there's plenty of experimentation, but not in the starting lineup. So why not just like, let's try something. Like, yeah. what's the worst that could happen? Go nuts. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. Well, oh, we, we lose by 26 on the road. Is that all? Okay. Well, yeah, we've been there. There's one, there's one other one that I want to bounce off you really quick. And it's, it's not mine. It's uh, this is emailer Jimmy. So uh, one time for Jimmy, uh, locked on Spartans at gmail.com. Um, this, uh, this reminds me of what you were talking about with Comperoni. You know, it's something that probably will never happen, but I, I arched two eyebrows at it because, okay. And he caveats it with, this would mean that there's no point guard on the bench. However, a starting lineup of, Walker, Hogard, Brown, Hauser, and Bingham. You have Hogard as your facilitator. You surround him with four shooters, being Walker, Brown, Hauser, and Bingham. Honestly, at this point, I would probably swap Brown and Christie, but that's splitting hairs at this point. Do you ever start both Walker and Hogard, hoping, like Jimmy writes in his email as well, that maybe this helps space out the floor a little bit, perhaps? Do you think that's crazy or absolutely positively insane? Because it's, it's either one of those two, but I don't hate it necessarily maybe i'm just that desperate to see something new in the starting lineup who's to say all right so hogard walker yep brown hauser mm-hmm. bingham yep okay yep um four shooters in theory depending yeah on how I mean, they're doing that night yeah worth a try i would say like malik hall is shooting above 50 percent on three so he's yeah, probably getting just like him then like why not why not have him instead of hauser but that would be the one thing i would look at i mean Brown, yeah. I mean, Walker is, again, he's another guy who's like over 50% on threes. Like, made a nice one coming off screen. Looks great every time he attempts it off of a ball screen. Or, but he made one like kind of running around the screen, like Clay Thompson style. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Like, just, you know, Hall post touches. uh, Walker, three-pointers. Um, you know, Hogard penetration, marble post-ups, marble long twos, Bingham stepping into three-pointers. Oh, that's another kind of thing. Like Izzo, Bingham, like Bingham getting me. criticized for taking three-pointers is just like a, I don't like, what, why is that such a thing? Like, why does Izzo get so mad at him? He, he pulled him Guilty. early in this game, <laughs> two fouls. He pulled him early in this game for, you know, two fouls and two just terrible turnovers. Yeah. So, you know, Bingham's not perfect or anything, but just like, like in this game, he also like had a wide open three pointer, which we've seen him hit before. And then he traveled because he was like, oh, I shouldn't shoot because his own might yell at me. So right. just, and that's a thing broadly with this team, like just not enough confidence. Like Walker is such a talented player, such a good shooter. Like, why isn't he taking more shots? Why isn't, why aren't they getting the ball to haul, you know, aggressively, like going after the things that work for them, big and post touches, all this stuff. So, you know, I don't know. I know that this hasn't been Izzo's finest coaching job this year. I don't think anyone would disagree with that. And I'm not saying like, you know, Tom Izzo retire, be asterisk, 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 asterisk. (laughs) But just like, just straight up, like, like there are some things I think that are easy to criticize about his coaching job this season. But 
overall, I think that's the the frustrating part as a fan is just like you see that they have some things that I think that they can do. They have some good players and things that could fit together, but for a variety of reasons, it just hasn't so far, and especially lately. <sighs> so I I I. I... I leave this conversation very conflicted because I feel like I've learned a lot. I feel like more at peace, but at the same time, like now nah, things are still on fire. Like everything's still horrible. I don't know. Like, I, and I, Hey, we had a lot of great suggestions. I got to just pray to God that Tom is, was listening. You know, if you'd mm-hmm. every day, your team every day here in the lock on Spartans podcast network. Anyway. Um, any, you know, I'm just going to turn this into Jerry Springer. Like any, any, any final thoughts, like anything that's just on your chest that you have to get off about this team that we have in, in the last 20 minutes. Um, is it okay yeah. if I just go in a little bit of a different direction? Please. In, in like a make Michigan State fans feel better, maybe not just <laughs> focusing directly on the basketball team this year. Fantastic. Yes, please. Anything, literally anything you want to talk about right now, go for yeah. it. So I think that you should feel better that our head coach didn't try to sort of do a, a head slap face palm thing on one of the assistant coaches <laughs> after a frustrating loss. Um, sure. He, his like apparent poor sportsmanship is not so bad that we need to ponder the role of the handshake line mm-hmm. in our mm-hmm. society uh, today, whether just like we're two sore losers to handle a handshake line in college basketball. Um and we as a Michigan State fan base are not producing, you know, MGO blog uh, style, like Zapruder film analysis yeah. of every reason that Jawan Howard should have been mad in the first place to try to justify his actions. So, you know, yeah, the team is, is struggling. Will they turn it around? I don't know. Like, we don't know. But <sighs> what we do know is that they approach the game with respect and they have a head coach who can behave like an adult. And that's in both sports. That's in both sports. Like look at, look at the other team's football coach, you know, should be victory lapping, uh, beating Ohio state and saying, Hey, we're here to enter a new phase of dominance. Instead, he's trying to leave the team, Yeah, you know, and and, (laughs) like, Whatever you think about Tom Izzo's coaching job this year, I think you feel a lot better about having him as your head coach than uh, the school in Ann Arbor does about having theirs. And, I mean, I don't think there's a single Michigan State fan out there who's just not, like, utterly in love with Mel Tucker right now. So, Mm -hmm. you know, hang in there. And I'm not wearing the sweatshirt right now, but I wear a sweatshirt every morning when I work out outside in the cold that's green and has in white letters, keep chopping. You know, I, this is bad radio, but I'm doing the chop no, this right is now. Great ra- no, this is fantastic radio. Let's and, go. Keep chopping. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a struggle right now. But, I mean, how many times have you seen Izzo teams come through late in the year? Like Matt Keebler playing defense on Purdue in the Big Ten tournament. Like, never forget. Like, beating Michigan last year with Aaron Henry and that just, like, craptastic roster. Like, yeah, never count out a Tom Izzo team. Keep chopping, hang in there, stay positive, and uh, you know they'll they'll have a lot to work on after this game. But we get another crack at Michigan without their head coach, who's suspended for being a giant man baby. So <laughs> let's let's finish the season and see what happens. 
man, against all odds, I never thought this in a hundred years. That I'd, I'd be leaving this podcast inspired. This is, that's crazy. I just saw my team get absolutely mollywopped uh, at <laughs> Iowa, but here I am, fired up. Let's go, baby. Sam Martin, you're the best, man. Thank you so much for uh, for joining. Always love having you on. So you're 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 the best. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate you, Matt. Appreciate all the she animals. Go green. Keep chopping. Hang in there, buddy. There will be better days ahead. Absolutely. Let's go. Let's get it popping. (laughs) Huge, huge thanks to my guy, Sam Martin, for jumping on and talking about the Michigan State team, the Iowa game, because uh, you know what? Uh, it's, It's a lot probably more appealing to join this podcast when things are going really well in Spartan country and things are not going well. So, yeah, thanks a lot for Sam. Uh, joining us, and thank you guys for listening to this. I, th- you guys are just simply the best. I mean, whether it's incredible times in uh, Michigan State country, like the football season, or the start of basketball season, or uh oh, when things are not going well, hey, you guys always come through because you guys are the best. So thank you so much for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day. Now go treat yourself to some Locked On NFL Draft. That's right. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts.